Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with Chris and Caroline. The Famous Grouse Nation Series is now behind us. All eyes, all focus now shifts very much to the Rugby World Cup 2023. uh, On to this episode then with, what, four tries in your first test start for Scotland. It seems like we're going to have a fair amount of ground to cover here with Kyle Stain. Good to see you. Hi Caroline, yeah, thanks for having me. Strike rate's still up there. Hey, um, what, another one at the weekend? Uh, hey, yeah. it's the whitewash, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just it? trying to keep up with the other two. What is it, 13 caps, 9 tries? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so far so good. And the, the try on the weekend was actually quite weird because I found myself scoring in a weird position, but I actually thought Jack Dempsey had scored, so I was so always heading towards yeah, the try line to celebrate. Yeah. Well, I, actually I love thought that you're that. saying that because I thought... <laughs> well, I, I was in the radio and I was like, Steno scored, but like, if you go to TMO and it proves that or that Jack had scored obviously you would have your try taken off so yeah. you can put better suit at the same time I was like if I was staying I'd be looking at the kind of big screen saying that but it was actually can we uh, get to you more uh, again it was it Abzalazi I think the replacement mm. 10 who got his knee under Jack um, oh so had he not scored no no oh, right. Right. Um, it, it was a replacement 10 got his knee under it so it's a good job you're on that shot like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the game like from your perspective because when I tell you what when you were you were watching it as a as a fan it was certainly a it was it was always going to be a physical encounter but you know the scrum in the first half particularly mm. were tried and tested and then a game of two halves very much was the case I suppose yeah definitely um, yeah it was a it was a really tough game you know credit to the Georgians they you know they definitely done their homework on us and, and how we were trying to play and um, maybe at times we overplayed in in the second half and um, maybe also just didn't anticipate their their defense um, you know maybe a lot more passive than what we were expecting higher up the field um, and that meant that they defended us really well and and you know, I think both teams were quite tired um, I think everyone had a smile on their face when, when the half time whistle went um, and then there like you said just credit to the boys the way we came out and sort of adjusted to the, the messages we got at half time and um, yeah and the crowd behind us the crowd were awesome mm. um, they had to carry the anthem um, you know there was mm. a little bit of a blip in the anthem as well and then at least the second verse you know that was my wife told me afterwards that's the loudest she's ever heard it mm. so it was brilliant so it was a special atmosphere on the day wasn't it, it was, was it, that uh, feeling of headed well, everyone up. every game is you yeah. say it every time and yeah, it's with sincerity that you say it every time it's um, oh, it's amazing I was thinking I was watching the game um, and I was thinking like what would I say at half time or how, what would you address what do you think is the key points because you're trying to figure it out because I felt we were playing quickly which gives us success mm. I felt we were threatening with ball in hand that had, traditionally gives us success but I actually thought, like you say, the Georgian defence was excellent. They, they let us do what we, we do, so almost clear. stayed off and then fired in and, 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 you know, physical enough to try and disrupt the breakdown. And I was thinking, should we actually slow down a little bit? You know, the game's all about speed, it's all about tempo and pace. And I thought, maybe should we slow down? So then when you do speed up, there's a change, there's a, you know, you can you know, almost catch your position out. And I was really impressed, actually, at the start of the second half, because I think there's about three minutes, three and a half minutes of non-stop rugby, all yeah. by us, that I think really almost wore them down. Uh, and then the quality just came after that. Yeah, and definitely a, b- a bit more direct straight off yeah. the bat in the, you know, that second half. You know, a couple of big carries down the middle um, where maybe the first half we'd gone out the back. And then, like you say, um, you know, that kind of created the space and they didn't but have that's, those that's trust in the system, isn't it? Like yeah. you hear this phrase, trust the system, quite often and stick to your processes and all this. It's just words, but that's it in action because... When you're up against it, you're 6-0 down at home in a game that most people would expect you to be ahead or, or performing in. You have to trust what you do well and not change because you're, you know, you're, mm. you're 40 minutes on the clock and, you're, and you're, you're down. So these are the challenges and pressures you'll be under in Rugby World Cup. So to have that 
process, tested and tried and and come through it with eventually racking effectively 33 points to nil thereafter. Real important. So not just a win on the scoreboard for me, it was a win in terms of sticking to what you know is going to bring you success by the end of the game. Well, that is ultimately what the famous Grace Nation series in the summer before a Rugby World Cup is for as well, isn't it? Mm. To, to test those process and to test that challenge. Before we evolve into the, the Rugby World Cup, we can't hear you. <laughs> what is Gregor like at half-time in a situation like that? Uh, he was, he's, he's really calm, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially coming from South Africa where, um, you know, <laughs> coaches tend to show a lot of emotion. Um, you know, Nick Rigger was really calm and, um, you know, kind of touched on what Mossy said, you know, that we just needed to play to our system and different different options a lot more and then just focus on the contact area. Um, you know, we'd been bundled into touch a couple of times, a couple of soft turnovers and soft rips. So, you know, all things that we could kind of, um, you know, that were in our control. Um, but yeah, no, he was really calm and just said, you know, he walked in and the first thing he said was like, well, you guys have left yourself a challenge now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't argue with that at that point. No. The system does work for you as well in terms of the style of play. How much are you enjoying playing in this current Scotland sw- setup? Oh, loving it. Um, yeah, I mean, the preseason's been awesome, you know, building on the Six Nations. I think we've definitely added a layer to our fitness, which has kind of helped us play that game a bit more. Um, but also just on, um, yeah, you know, all the, the forwards have done on you know on their option their their catch pass skills and then you know that playing in, in that back line is just it's just a lot of fun oh that big smile on your face yeah. it says it all doesn't it and it looks fun it's fun to watch it's it's so fun to watch it's a team effort as well isn't massively, it massively yeah Steno's you know hinted that already but it is it's a, it's a team understanding and a team execution and it takes everybody running the right line at the right time to create options in order to find the right one um you see fitness as well like You've never been unfit. The squad have never been unfit. Professional players are never unfit. But it seems to be that you've been able to get fitter. Now, there can't be... There must be a ceiling as to how fit and how conditioned and prepared you are for a game. Bet Lecky would disagree with well, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though? Like, it's, it's like... But yeah, it's... It's like 100 metres. Like, it's coming down in 9.59 or whatever the world record... It's got to be a point, doesn't it? There has yeah. to be a point where you can't <laughs> finish before you've started. How much... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how much fitter and more conditioned can you be? Or is it just... Can you reactive to what the game needs at that moment? I think it's it's more just um, adding another layer to the fitness. You know, if I, you know, four years ago we did a lot of like straight line running, mm. a lot of like conditioning games. Whereas this time we haven't really done you know any of that. It's all been sort of rugby games. Mm. Um, you know, we've got to make those decisions under under fatigue and mm. under pressure. And I think you know, so you talk about fitness and you think you know physical aerobic, fitness. yeah, physical fitness, yeah. but it's definitely you know the ability to still you mentally know, see be and, and make decisions. You mm. know. When you're absolutely well, blowing, like you well, say. Ice in the head, um, yeah. fire in the belly, and the ability to see it through. Yeah, and I think we've, we've definitely got a, you know an extra layer of confidence and, and mm-hmm. ability there. That's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like mental fitness, psychological yeah. fitness, under stress, under fatigue, and you just add the layers on. Isn't it? And you've had 12 weeks of pre-season, yeah. effective pre-season, and the four games with this end point of the Rugby World Cup. Have you and others, can you staggered it like tick the weeks off tick the games off get to the end or is it just just one big blitz of a because i hate to say it but it only starts now actually i know well that's <laughs> the thing but that's when you're ticking off or, or is it like it. has it passed really quickly is yeah. it upon you before you know or was it, uh, it absolute has misery really for quickly. moments i think rugby is quite bad for that though like yeah. the weeks do just fly by yeah. you know especially once you get into games because you know you kind of tick off towards the game and then you're like right start again and then yeah. you, know, you look up and before you know it, like you say 12 weeks is gone um, but now nah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, I think yeah, the dynamic in the group is 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 really good this time round. You know, we have got a really good bunch of boys. Um, you know, really good management. So um, yeah, it is. It's quite crazy to think that it's twelve weeks and it's only just beginning. But 
um, yeah, it's quite exciting. Oh, you're living with your mates and you're yeah, working yeah. with your mates. It's not the worst way to earn a living in that sense, but obviously the amount of work you are putting in. So we've said that there, the famous Grouse Nation series in the summer, in this occasion, it's very much to prepare you for the Rugby World Cup and for what's to come ahead in the few weeks ahead. Yeah. Of the games that you've played, we've had Italy, France twice, and Georgia rounding off the air. Of those tests, is there one in particular that you felt has best prepared you for the, the potential challenges that you're likely to face during this Rugby World Cup? Yeah, definitely. That, that France game in St Etienne jumps out straight away. Um, you know, first of all, just the stadium we were playing in, you know, it's like this, it's like a tight, compact cauldron. Um, and I think because of the, you know, the nature that we've got the World Cup now, there isn't, a, there wasn't as much travelling support, you know, because mm-hmm. I think most of the fans have kind of, you know, saved up to come to the actual World Cup. So it felt like there were literally 43,000 French fans there. <laughs> Um, you know, so the atmosphere was amazing. Um, and then we obviously played, you know, a really strong French side, um, you know, made life hard for ourselves after the first half and had to sort of knuckle down and fight and, and did that quite well. And I just think, yeah, all of that put together, I think, you know, um, has, yeah, it's probably been a big boost for us in terms of belief as well. I think, you know, France are second or I think they may have dropped down a bit now, but, you know, top side in the world at their home World Cup. Yeah, it's well planned, isn't it? Mm. Like in terms of, you know, the, this, you, you, I don't think you have total control of who you play or who you can get games against, obviously. But in terms of, you know, France home and away, top side, physical side, similar to South Africa and, and Ireland in terms of level of physical, physical size and bulk. You know, Italy having already challenged us with in the Six Nations with their style of play. It's a great match in the opening game for us to, to play like for like almost and, and improve on your previous game which was end of the Six Nations and then the Georgians that was you know saying like a proper physical challenge we've experienced away fans in France we've experienced the heat and the humidity in France so it's well planned and you know I say almost ticks all the boxes in terms of preparation but as you've already said it's it's a start of something it's not the end yeah um when the when the the, the squad fly out next weekend so yeah um, and even sorry the, the, ma- the way the management have planned it you know like that France week in Etienne you know they simulated a week like it's going to be in the World Cup so mm-hmm. we went to the training base then moved to Saint Etienne later in the week you know which is exactly how it'll be when we're out there and then this past week because that South Africa game's on a Sunday and I think there's another I don't know if it's England play the day before uh, yeah, the stadium, so we, we can't have captains at the stadium for the South Africa game you know so we we simulated that this week. We went to Murrayfield Thursday, not Friday. So, like Mossy says, the level mm. of planning that's gone in from the management side has been, they've covered everything, I think. Nothing happens by accident, does it, in professional rugby, especially at this, it does in the field. At this level. <laughs> you can never field. plan what's going to happen in the field. <laughs> you can do everything, <laughs> prepare <laughs> for everything, can't you? Um, I suppose then, you know, before we move on to actual to France and to those games, but when we look at the the atmosphere and we did touch on it a moment ago but I was really struck by the the end of the game on Saturday and it was a really nice opportunity to have that walk around a lap of honour and to be able to say thank you to the fans that can't travel and we can't wait to see you to the fans that are going to be spending money and coming to watch Scotland what was that experience like for you on Saturday? Yeah like you say it was incredible Um, you know and I think like Mossy says we say this every game but Mm -hmm. you know with absolute sincerity um, and you know we'd focused on it during the week you know that this was going to be the last game for six months that Mm -hmm. we were going to have in Murrayfield and so enjoying that and soaking up that atmosphere you know was a big was a big focus for us or focus point for us on Saturday Um, and then the amount of people that stayed behind um, you know, after the final whistle, um, you know, to send us off. Um, yeah, it was incredible and, and pretty inspiring. So looking forward to it. 
Yeah, the Rugby World Cup, obviously, is what we're going to talk about. But your memories of Rugby World Cups, obviously, family connections with, you know, previous World Cups, but in terms of all that, or your kind of memories or enjoyment of Rugby World Cup, yeah. what would jump out from a childhood? Yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, it's funny because someone asked me this the other day and I was like, my prop, my first proper memory is probably the 2000 World Cup final because South Africa, when my dad had taken mm -hmm. us to a concert mm -hmm. um, and the guy that was singing, his name is Michael W. Smith, he started by saying, don't worry, I've cut my set short, like you'll all be home for kickoff. <laughs> um, so we, this guy, we go into this concert, everyone's paid this money, cut short, we went home to watch South Africa, England in the final and then I fell asleep through the whole, <laughs> through the whole thing, which was also in Paris. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that's my first proper memory. Uh -huh. um, my dad obviously talks about, you know, he was at the, uh -huh. the 95 one that was in South Africa. Your father, just for context, yeah. was a bodyguard to Nelson Mandela. To Nelson Mandela, mm -hmm. yeah, not at the World Cup, though. It's a 95 World Cup. So he, he wasn't? He worked with the, with the All Blacks. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, so he always talks about the fact that South Africa obviously won the World Cup, but uh -huh. he was on the All Blacks bench, so he couldn't celebrate. <laughs> he said he was doing his best to sort of, um, yeah, not, let, not show any smiles or anything, but... And oh, he'll be so proud of you playing in a World Cup now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive thing for me, uh -huh. you, know, you know, my family and, um, you know, what they've put into me. And I always tell people, you know, the biggest point of pride in my career is the fact that my dad's, you know, he's followed me everywhere. I've mm -hmm. been all over South Africa. I've been to, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to Vancouver with the Sevens. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's popped up at all these places. And, you know, it's amazing how often, you know, when I play for Scotland, there seems to be a business meeting for him in the UK <laughs> at the, around the same time. Works There'll be one well. in the south of France in a couple of weeks. Then, yeah, isn't exactly. So he's, he'll be travelling over. Yeah, he'll be tra So Dad's coming over. He's bought tickets for South Africa, Scotland. Um, and then Mom's a teacher and her school holidays fall um, over the Tonga Romania week. So the whole family is coming right. out and my wife's family are coming out for, for the Tonga Romania week. So we'll have everyone there. And your wife is expecting, you are yeah. both expecting, aren't you? Congratulations yeah. on that. I tell you what, you don't have to pack a lot into your gear this <laughs> year, Kyle. No, yeah. A few uh, landmarks, eh? Yeah, she's <laughs> like, no, it's been amazing. Um, we're so excited. You know, there's, there's, um, there's definitely something in the water at Glasgow at the moment, for sure. I think there's about <laughs> eight or nine boys um, whose wives are expecting. Um, HR getting a bit nervous about <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the way that's all going to yeah. work out next year. Um, but yeah, and it, even here, you know, there's guys that have had kids recently, you know, like um, Charis and, and Finn. And um, yeah, you know, when you tell guys like that, that you're expecting, you know, all they can talk about is how excited they are mm -hmm. for you. And, you know, so... Um, when you hear their experiences and how they're finding it, um, you know, you kind of, you sway between being really excited and really <laughs> nervous, but um, yeah, it's something we're looking forward to. And to be able to have this journey again with with your, your mates, as we're saying, to be able to have that opportunity, if you think about, you know, for, for most of us, if you're having those celebratory conversations, you're you're also not really living together. So if you, you know, having that solidarity must be really nice too. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It definitely is. Um, yeah, there's, there's a huge old dad crew growing here so excited to be part of it so on to that first game then yeah <laughs> how how does this one sit with you the pride that you wear the, the thistle with that you that representing i mean your mum jillian it's it, the connection comes from your mum's side yeah. doesn't it in yeah. that sense but your loyalty your representation of scotland has just been incredible and for the fans too but how does this game sit with you oh it's amazing i can't wait like you said my mum was born in glasgow um you know and yeah the when her family lived in South Africa, I mean, my, my, none of my friends could understand my granddad. He was, he's still to this day, you know, got the strongest Glaswegian accent I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, it's, it's playing for Scotland has, you know, has undoubtedly been, you know, the biggest honor of my life. And yeah, I, I hope people can see that when, when I'm out mm -hmm. there, you know, and I think hopefully see that in all the boys, you know, that they put everything out there for the Jersey and, and for the nation. Um, but being able to play against South Africa, it's, it's a weird one to talk about because you actually don't know what, I don't know what it is that makes us, 
you know mm. that much more special other than obvious but i don't know but yeah because you've grown up you know um john de villiers brian de banner they were you know um and mossy you know they were probably my heroes just growing up it. just seeing it oh well, you would have feelback in your younger years so, <laughs> so there you go school, yeah. makes sense <laughs> my my instagram ha uh, handle still has 15 and i know i've never <laughs> is changed that why it. Yeah, yeah. i have actually <laughs> wanted to ask that ask yeah. of you is that why um yeah you know that's just cringe 16 year old me that's that's put it in my instagram <laughs> handle and never changed it um i'm gonna get a lot of stick for saying that after this but you've got the blue tick now you can't that's yeah, you fixed exactly um <laughs> but you grew up supporting scotland as well you i remember yeah. you saying you had posters in your room in south africa yeah scotland is a no well, that was boy. It. like my yeah my mom I, my mom's side of the family my granddad was the big one you know he was a big scotland um big scotland fan my mom she just wanted to listen to flower of scotland and then she probably wasn't as as interested in watching <laughs> the game but um yeah so it's yeah it's been amazing and it was a weird conversation to have when i moved over here because mm. international rugby seemed miles away from you know off the radar when i moved but you know that essentially was the the decision i was making was that if you know a dream was to come true um you know so when i got on the plane to come here I, you know i fully committed to mm -hmm. this is you know this was going to be the country i was going to play test rugby for it is actually something worth sort of tapping into a wee bit there as well and it's a conversation i have had with a lot of players over the years where they've perhaps come from other parts of the world whether it's through residency or through a relative and and that desire to come here in the first place already starts to answer that question yeah. uh, you know mm -hmm. yeah. you, you you didn't pick France to go to you don't you know that that desires clearly was in there and, and the link as Mossy's alluded to the links have been there for you for for so long yeah definitely um yeah and yeah my grandparents especially on my mom's side you know they've been huge in in my life um you know again I always tell the story my granddad uh my grandmom used to take my littlest brother home from school and do all his spelling and then my mom would double check it you know and he'd be saying all his words muckle in, with a scottish, with a scottish accent yeah um i'm not gonna try and you know do a scottish accent but it was hilarious when you know, my four, five Brilliant. six year old brother would come home and be saying like billy goat and you know things like that to my mom oh, the um, content team i can see because uh, they're already thinking yeah i can see where yeah. this is going he obviously yeah. played and had success in south africa as well is there anyone in the like any current squad, South African squad that you put alongside at school or against or grew up? Uh, nah, not in the in the squad. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I know Jesse Creel, you know, mm -hmm. fairly well. Um, but other than that, I've played played against most of them, you know, yeah. Curry Cup level back yeah. home. But um, yeah, on a personal level, I don't know, yeah. don't know many of them. Oh, it makes it even better. Eh? Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is as well, like it's uh, uh, there's something about this this Rugby World Cup where it just seems that every nation that we're talking about, if you look at the the rankings for example you mentioned it earlier you know mm. where's france well, the, you know currently sitting third i believe so it's you know at the moment mm -hmm. you've got ireland now south africa then france and mm -hmm. new zealand it's then us and yeah. it, it's a really exciting time but it's also very different to where the you know the, the seedings and all of that happens but that's a, a conversation for another day but getting to this point where you're looking at that rugby world cup table for, from a fan's point of view mm. i'm so excited about this oh, world yeah. cup is there a bit of that in you as well, taking the player hat off you, where you're thinking this is actually going to be a really be awesome. enjoyable, it's, it's going to be an awesome year? Yeah, no, it is going to be awesome. Um, and I think even just the excitement around it being a World Cup, um, you know, I think for us as players and certainly for me being my first one, it's just, yeah, it's just through the roof. Um, and I think, again, that game in Saint-Étienne, you know, we kind of went to somewhere in France, you know, that probably hasn't seen a lot of international rugby and, you know, the way, you know, the, the people there kind of got behind it um, just kind of fueled that again. 
Um, and then, like you say, like the rankings I read mm. beforehand, you know, the Fiji and I, they're going in mm -hmm. as the highest ranked team in their group and they've, you know, they've got Australia and yeah. Wales in there. And you look at Argentina, again, mm. all, there's so much happening there. And Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. In that group Georgia. as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's All of a sudden. I, I think we're at a stage <laughs> now where, and it probably have been for a couple of years, where 1 to 10, maybe 11, you could anybody could be anyone. Mm. Now, the reason the teams are at 1, 2 and 3 is because they can do it consistently and back to back and, but... Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's quality performance and quality individuals right around that top ten. There will be upsets. There'll be results you don't expect. But well, it's you, to your point. How exciting is it going to oh, be? Oh, tell you what, <laughs> it's like I think it's it's, it's just one well, of those. How nerve-wracking is it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can say it's exciting. It. I'm sitting here uh, grinning here. So, I suppose you know that the question then for you is going into this. Rugby World Cup. How are you feeling? If you if I had to take the word exciting out of the equation, what are your hopes, your expectations for you personally, not Scotland as a team? What do you want to come out of this Rugby World Cup experience, feeling or having achieved within yourself? Oh, it's, it's, that's such a difficult question, eh? Because I think when you when you're in it and you're you're so invested in it, you know, sometimes there's so many people telling you to take a step back, you know, and, and just mm -hmm. enjoy the fact that you're going to a World Cup. And there's definitely that side of it. Um, you know, you think about that kid that stepped on the plane, you know, five years ago and, you know, never dreamed of playing for Scotland and, and now you've got this opportunity. Um, you know, it's it's incredibly it's incredibly humbling and, and massive to be a part of. But then at the same time, there's the other side of you that just wants more and you're like, mm -hmm. right, you know, how am I going to get into the 23 for these, you know, mm -hmm. particularly for the South Africa game and then the Ireland game at the back end of the pool. So, um I think it's for me it'll be trying to find the balance between the two of them you know making sure that you make the most of this um you know like we said i'm you know i'm 25 now so maybe i'll get another chance at a world cup maybe i won't but um um yeah so it's enjoying that that experience but then you know also just trying to make sure i push and, and can push for a spot in that 23. did you just say you're 25? yeah i try to throw that in there, <laughs> <but> <laughs> i mean i i'm pretty sure you're so set on 29. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so am i yeah, yeah you're 25. I'm 22. Yeah, don't don't worry about how you. No, see, don't worry about your age. No, I'm going back to some of the things you picked up. Now, like, don't worry about having confusion as to what it is. You should yeah. be massively proud of why you're there. Because if you put all your eggs in the one basket, thinking I need to perform, I need to perform, yeah. I need to be in that squad, you you take your eye off how amazing achievement it is. And if you give yourself a pat on the back and how amazing achievement it is, you maybe take your eye off getting into that 23. So. It, it's almost, I sometimes, to answer maybe your question, but you almost feel a pressure to have an answer to that, but mm. actually just... It's okay just, not to. It's okay not to. You've got to experience both sides of it. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to appreciate what you're in, but that burning desire that never leaves you as a professional athlete or as a, a competitor and a warrior is, is always in there. So it's just kind of both. Enjoy the, enjoy the hard yeah. work that you're going to commit to and hopefully come out successful. That's really interesting, though, as well, even just to hear you say that, because mm. for those of us that haven't had the privilege of playing for our country or representing your country, that's a, that's that's the, the insight. You know, it's okay to work hard and enjoy it. Exactly, Do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. And appreciate it. Because they don't come along often, you know. Well, this one's... This one's coming at coming at full speed Very now. So tell, talk to us about the logistics now. You're here, obviously, at, yeah. um, in, the, in the Scotland team hotel. Now, what's the plan? So this is, we've just gotten over the Georgia game. What's your schedule now? When are you flying out? Uh, so we've got this week. So we train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday this week. Um, so we've got Wednesday, Friday, Saturday at home, which will be nice. And then Sunday, um, we've got all the families in for a brunch here in the morning. Um, and then we're on the bus, I think lunchtime-ish Sunday. Um, to then fly out, fly out to Nice, where our base is. So, 
That's yeah. so exciting. And it's a great, great way to have a send-off, yeah. isn't it? To have the families together. Because that's one thing that is really obvious at the end of every game. One of the most fantastic bits to watch is when all the families are out together and they're on trackside and you're all celebrating. Um, whether it's a... You know, whether it's been a, a good shift or a hard shift, it's it's nice. And that's clearly a, a really important part of the Scotland agenda at the moment. Yeah, it's massive. Um, and you hear lots of boys talking about it. And again, I think that's something really exciting about, you know, expecting a baby. And, and hopefully, you know, I think um, a lot of boys, I remember Stuart McNally said it not too long ago. You know, he said, you know, that was that was almost a big dream of his, um, you know, because uh, I think the Italy game there was the first time he had his son Ollie um, at the game and he said that was a big dream of his always when he was coming up through the ranks he saw other players you know have their kids with Scotland jerseys on with them you know on the pitch with them after games and he said that was something he dreamed of and being able to do it against Italy um, you know was a really special moment for him so um, definitely families you know family's huge for us at the moment and a big drive behind what we're doing. Well, we wish you all the very best. Mm. It's always great catching up with you. We never have long enough with you. Uh, but yeah. thanks very much for, for chatting with us today. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Keep flying over that white line as you do. Uh, it's great to watch your progress. And all the very best in France for the Rugby World Cup. Thanks very much. Thanks, Daniel. You could talk to Kyle all day of the week, couldn't you? But it's, it's great when we think about how much depth there is in the Scotland mm. squad at the moment. He'll be itching to play that game. Yeah, but there's depth, but there's quality as well. Mm. Like, look at the back three. Now look at the wingers. Like, if you stay in, obviously, he was a late call up for, for Darcy for that game, and then comes in, scores again, delivers that level of performance. Two tries in St Etienne, Duhan on the other side, Darcy, as we know. Um, you know, always playing well, Blair in the back mm, three. Blair. So, the, the, the quality and the depth there, it's, it's really difficult. And we, you know, we've we can't ask him about South Africa no. because who knows who'll be playing and he's absolutely put his best foot forward. Go back a wee bit as well to captain in Glasgow. Mm. You see, look at the turnaround in Glasgow's performance and a lot of that obviously is down to the squad and Franco Smith coming in made him captain and, and how he led and delegated and how he developed as a, as a leader and a captain, never mind his performance in the field. So, like it's, it's not too conscious. He's a, he's a really impressive individual. Kyle, um, in terms of what he brings off field, but ultimately what he's doing on field as well. He's just so strong, so powerful, a really good, you know, decision maker. He spoke about his whatever handle it was. Mm. Fullback is it was fifteen. Mm -hmm. What was it? Instagram. Was oh that yeah, the one? yeah, Instagram. Aye, show you uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> plays fifteen, plays thirteen. You know, uh, for for Glasgow as well. So yeah, there's, there's a depth of quality there. So it's. Um, and he's yeah. a nice guy. Top man. <laughs> well, we can't man. we can't necessarily ask him, as you say, about South Africa, but I can ask you. What are your thoughts? Listen, the, um, there. I don't sure how many teams, if any, can live with their power if they dominate the game. If they, if 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 South Africa are able to control the game in terms of penalty count, the you know the the tempo in terms of the speed of the game, the the error rate the, uh, on last weekend when they beat the All Blacks and I, I think the All Blacks were off it a little bit mm -hmm. but they were they were exceptional South Africans they were relentless and, and, and it's just their physical side I've said this before their physical side so if you've if you've got the ball and you're Scotland and you're you don't get that momentum you have to put you know, an extra player in to clear out you know one of the bodies or the or a couple of the bodies the the fatigue it has on you the effect it has on the effort that you have to put in naturally slows your possession down uh Conversely, if they have possession, you might have to put 
you know, double shots in and tackles, and it just it really wears you down. So I think Scotland have to play quickly, and they have to be almost error free. Especially in that first half. Yeah, and Honestly, to I be honest, you can't, re- yeah. you can't really not mention that. Steno touched on how Georgia defended. I felt Georgia let us. I said it there. Let us play our plays and our moves. Stood off. Let us play and then really attack the breakdown. South Africa traditionally don't. They're mm. coming. They're flying at you. So if Scotland are really accurate in terms of the options they have around the ball player and the ball carriers and the short lines, the passes out the back, all the different angles, that creates a much bigger problem for a blitz defence than yeah. it does a more passive defence that allows you to you know, to, to do what you're going to do and say, well, do it in front of us and then we'll make our decision. We'll, we'll be reactive as defenders. Whereas a blitz defence, they're not being reactive. They're coming and they're, if you get in a channel, they're wiping you out, they're hitting you. That will potentially be behind the game line as well so it's a real risky strategy it's risk reward a blitz defense um and more often not south africans get the reward because they're good at it but i think if we can get our players in the right position and find the free options we can cut through that that south african defense but it has to be almost error free but I'll tell you what there'll be a, there'll be a few million eyes watching that game around the globe. For a neutral, though, mm. and, and, and finishing on that, for a neutral, um, for rugby, they're, they're every fixture in this Rugby World Cup I'm excited about. Mm. And what a way for Scotland to kick off that campaign on a 10th of September. Yeah, it's defending champions, isn't it? There you go. And up to um, number two in the world. Number two in the world, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the excitement's here, and because it's the opening game, and the, well, the opening game for, for the two teams, obviously, the, the nervous energy that that, will bring from players, from supporters, from staff. It's 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 going to be amazing. Does it bubble up? Does it though? I mean, that, that, that's the thing. It is does. It, it does. It's funny. Obviously, everybody's eh? professional, but yeah, it, it does. Some people want it to bubble up and you know experience it bubble up and almost uh, use that bubble up engagement to get this massive release. And some people just let it all go and stay as calm as you want I think I know which calf you <laughs> fell into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it means you regret things like this because if you think back to when did I play well, just put the head in and get on with it you, you, plenty you, to pick from yeah but like, I think some play, you need it you need that uh, well, chaos nervous energy ne- yeah. we say like excitement but you need the balance mm-hmm. I used to always think of that I mean if you'd be you know 30 seconds before a game first game of a rugby world cup you're playing whoever everybody's Shouting, screaming, the atmosphere's through the roof. Everybody's been working towards this almost in a four-year cycle. Like ten seconds later, you could be kicking a penalty to go through and lap. And you're going to have to lower your heart rate. You're going to have to slow down, or you're going to have to make a decision in terms of are you going to give the pass? You're going to make that tackle. So you have to keep a clear head. But as I said before, like it's it's hard to do that. It takes a lot of experience to keep a clear head. So there'll be there'll be a lot of excited bodies out there. There'll be a lot of excited fans too. My goodness, we well thank you for joining us this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast as Chris and I looked ahead to the weekend's first pool game with South Africa in the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Great to have Kyle Stain with us today. We will be back next week with more exclusive content, but in the meantime, you can, as always, keep up to date with all the latest goings-on inside camp at scottishrugby.org and, of course, via Scottish Rugby's social media channels. 